Good morning. Welcome to the San Ramon Valley Bible Church this morning on this Sunday, the 7th of February, 2016. The Lord has really blessed us and we're thankful for each and every one of you who are here. Because the church is not a building, it's not just in a name, it's the people that make the building. I remember as a child we had the little thing, this is the church, this is the steeple, right? You do it with your hand. Open the doors and see all the people. And I used to do it. Now it has new meaning because we are part of a, the body of Christ. And throughout this world and countries all over the world, people in different languages meeting together in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord to give him glory and thanks for his work on the cross to save us. And we look forward to a wonderful meeting. Let's start with the great hymn of the faith, Faith is the Victory. It's number 432 in the Red Book, and it says, Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise, and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe in veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Yes, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Let's sing it all together. Faith is the victory. Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise, and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe in veils below, let all our strength be
we are victorious in the Lord Jesus Christ. If it was up to us, we would have no victory over the devil. We couldn't. We couldn't have a victory over this world. We couldn't have a victory over the flesh. But praise God, we have victory through Christ over all those foes. And faith is the victory. Welcome to the San Ramon Valley Bible Church this morning. In just a few moments, we'll be having a message from God's Word. Prior to that, Ginny will be favoring us with a solo, a beautiful one. We look forward to it. Before we continue, though, with the announcements and the rest of the meeting, we'll ask our brother Dave Huete to come up and open in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... Uh, are so thankful to be here today, Lord, and again, just um, so privileged and honored to know that you've picked out a message for us today, for our hearts, Lord, for our minds, and for our souls. We thank you so much for the victory we have in you. We thank you for the faith that you've given to us. We hope today's message strengthens our faith, Lord. And if saying doubting Thomas is here amongst us today, Lord, we hope that today's message just helps them see that you are the only way to heaven, Lord. And we always pray and think of the family members and friends that don't yet know you. Lord, we have our brothers and sisters and family members and friends. Please let them come to you, Lord, before your day of coming. And of course, if there's anybody here who doesn't yet know you, let today's message be the message that puts them over the edge, that it increases their faith, and then finally lets them just surrender to you, Lord, so that their sins can be forgiven and so that they can have eternal life in you as well. In your name we pray. Amen. We'll have a few announcements, and then Ginny will be singing the solo, and then we'll have the message. Tomorrow night, at choir practice will be at 6 o'clock, as usual, and at 6.45, worship team practice. 7.30 will be men's prayer meeting and women's Bible study, and that'll be on the 8th tomorrow. On Wednesday the 10th, we have choir practice, as usual, at 6, and then at 6.45, worship team practice, and then we'll have our sing-along time and Bible study in the book of Colossians. Colossians, the epistle of Paul to the Colossians, will be in on Wednesday night. Thursday, women's study at 10 o'clock in the morning, and then the men's lunch at Clementine's, which is a great place, by the way. We went there on Friday with our group. It is fantastic. And then Friday groups will be on as well. Next Sunday morning, our dear brother Adel will be bringing us the message from the Word. Two special events, activities for the month. On the 17th, we have our fellowship and dessert night, which we commonly call sweet night, which will be on the 17th. And on the 22nd, Monday the 22nd, will be the women's dinner, and you can see Sonia for that. We have two moves coming up prior to our main move to heaven, right? We have two moves coming up, and the first one will be on the 13th for the Rolfs. They're moving into their new home. And then on the 20th, it will be the Hugans moving into a new home. So the 13th for the Rolfs, the 20th for the Hugans. Men, please sign up with Jim Hyde, ladies with Kathy Hyde, and we need all the volunteers we can for that. At this time now, we're going to ask our dear sister Ginny to come up, and she's going to sing a beautiful solo, and then we'll have the message from the Word.
Good morning. I love it when the Holy Spirit brings the thought of the song to the message without any human intervention. Because Jenny asked me the other day, so Dean, what are you speaking on? And I said, well, I'm praying about it, and I'm, and I'm thinking about some things. But she says, okay, I'm just going to leave it in the Lord's hands, and, 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 and that's what we did. I didn't talk to her about it, and she didn't talk to me. But it goes along exactly with the message that we have today. And that's our God. That's how the Holy Spirit works. And it's no coincidence that you're here today to hear this message because God knows you need to hear this message, right? And I need to hear this message. The same with the song. For us to be here today to hear that song because we're either going through storms now or maybe come tomorrow morning there's going to be another storm that's going to hit us, right? And we never know. But we can be assured of one thing that there's going to be storms, there's going to be trials and afflictions and difficulties. You cannot go through life without it. My dear brother and mentor and teacher, Bill McDonald, taught me so many things from the scriptures. And Bill McDonald lived a life relatively storm-free. He lived a life relatively pain-free and difficulty-free until he got older in life. And then he experienced for himself the principles of the Word of God that he had been teaching about faith and trusting God, he experienced it going through those things. And sometimes we really don't know how we're going to deal with it until it comes. But praise be to God, he gives us the grace to handle the storm, whatever it is in life. There was a pastor, they showed him on the evening news last week, whose church was hit by a disaster. It was hit by a, a tornado that blew through and just about completely ravaged and destroyed that church. And the pastor said that there were some children that would have been meeting in that room that was destroyed by the tornado the next day would have been meeting in that church. But the, but the tornado struck the day before when the children weren't there, and he was very thankful for that. But I thought it was very interesting that the pastor said this. He said, my sermon last Sunday was on storms. And he says, I guess God wants me to practice what I preach. You know, sometimes God does want us to practice what we preach. We, we know the truth. We've been taught. We learned the word of God. And when the storm comes, the difficulty comes, the adversity comes, that's when our faith needs to rise to the top. That's where we need to face these things by faith, not to fall apart, not to go down for the count, not to lose hope, but to have our faith solidly in the Lord Jesus Christ, who's never failed us, never will fail us, and he wants us to have that faith. To grow our faith, to develop our faith, it's going to take testing. It's going to take difficulties. And so that's what God wants to do. And the title of our message today is The Faith of Abraham Proven and Test Tested and Proven. The Faith of Abraham Tested and Proven. Let's just say a word of prayer. Father, we just pray that you'll direct us by the Holy Spirit today and have a message for every one of our hearts. Please calm our hearts now and speak to us by your word and by your spirit. And may we go forth here changed people, Lord. And we pray for anyone who's not saved that they would put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and be born again and have a hope and have their faith in you. We just commit this time to you and pray that you'll hide me behind the cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, it's amazing. 
We've been having a lot of sharing on Wednesday nights, and I know we all appreciate it. It's been such a blessing. And you can just see the common thread in every person's testimony when they shared on Wednesday night. They were going through a very difficult circumstance, very hard situations that they were going through. The Lord was with them. He gave them the faith, and they overcame it. Just like in the song we sang, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And so it's been such a blessing to hear these testimonies. And when you read the scriptures, you see that God has given us men and women in the Bible that give us an example of faith. And Paul, Paul, who wrote Hebrews, but some people disagree with that, but I believe he did write it. He wrote a whole chapter in chapter 11 mentioning men and women of faith. And what they went through and the trials and the difficulties. And one of the men that I really admire so much in Scripture is Abraham. And he's known as a man of faith. He's known as the father of faith. And when it speaks of faith in Romans 4.16, it calls it the faith of Abraham. And ever since, his example of faith has encouraged believers down through the centuries. And it still encourages us today in 2016. So we're going to look at his life today and his faith that was tested and that was proven. And you know what? God wants to test our faith too. He wants to test it. He wants to prove it. He doesn't want to test it to make us look bad. He wants to test it so it will shine for him. Like Job says, when the Lord has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And when you try gold in the fire, what does it do? It refines it. It makes it purified. And that's what he wants to do with our faith. He wants to strengthen it. He wants to purify it. He wants us to be able to stand up to the circumstances of life in faith, believing in him, holding on to him when we have nothing else to hold on to. He is our life preserver. And today we're going to look at three things from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10 and 17 to 19. So let's read that passage this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 8. Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 10 and then 17 to 19. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now down to verses 17 to 19. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who would receive the promises offered up him his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him, in a figurative sense. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. We see Abraham's faith in this portion here that was given to us through the Holy Spirit. There's three things about his faith. Number one, he obeyed God and went out not knowing where he was going, and that took faith. Secondly, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, and he lived in a tent, and he lived in tents, and he did it for the glory of God. 
And third, he offered up Isaac, his only son, the son of, his pro of the promise, because he knew that God was able to even raise him up from the dead. Well, you know, faith and obedience do go together. They really do. And when Abraham obeyed God, he went out knowing, not knowing where he is going. Sometimes in life, we feel like we're in the dark. We don't know what God wants us to do. We seek counsel. We pray about it. We seek the, the scriptures. And, and we get the clear direction and the clear guidance that the Lord gives us. And we're thankful for it. And then we step out in faith. Now, what it usually doesn't mean is now that I've made that choice of faith, I've stepped out in faith, everything's just going to go perfectly and smoothly. Like when we used to go water skiing up at Lake Berryessa and it was smooth as glass, you just had that nice smoothness, it was perfect. That's not the way it is in the Christian life. In fact, when you choose the will of God and you're in the will of God, you're going to face hardships, you're going to face adversity, you're going to face obstacles, and you're going to face people that are very much against us. And so we have to have that faith like Abraham had, that he was willing to obey God and trust God and step out no matter what. No matter what. And it really wasn't a blind faith. A lot of times people talk about faith as being a blind faith, like somehow. No, when we put our faith in the Lord, he is the object of our faith. It's not a blind faith. We're putting our faith in him who is the object of our faith that can never fail. He can never fail us. That's why I love that song. We sing it so many times. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Heaven and earth may pass away, but Jesus never fails. And we can look back at our Christian life and we can see the footprints, right? We see the footprints of us walking with him. Two sets of footprints. But like in that story of the footprints, there was a time when the man looked back and he saw only one set of footprints and he said, Lord, how could you have left me? That was the most difficult time in my life and I see there's just one set of footprints. Did you leave me alone? What happened? And he said, my child, I would never leave you. That was the time I picked you up and I carried you. And how many times has the Lord Jesus picked you up and picked me up when we needed it so much and there was nobody else around to help us, nobody else to comfort us? He picked us up and carried us through that rough place and we got the victory through his grace. We can be so thankful. And that's why he says in Hebrews 11:8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place where he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. We know one thing about it, that when Abraham was called to leave Haran, he was called to leave behind everything. He didn't go out with anything. They didn't pack up everything and all the riches and all the things that he had in that house. No, they went out, they left, he left it all behind. Took Sarah, his wife, Lot went with them, then his nephew, and they went out and they left behind all the riches, all the household of his father, all the things that he had because he was the heir of that household. He gave it up because he chose to go God's way. And sometimes in life we have to give up certain things. We have to sacrifice certain things. But guess what? God gives us something better. He always gives us something better. You can never outgive God. You can never sacrifice too much that he's not going to give you something better. And sometimes we don't see it better in the beginning, do we? Is this is really, really, Lord? You're giving me this, this, this house, this car, this job, this whatever it is? 
But we always see his hand of mercy and grace always gives us what we need and it, in the time we need it. For years, Vince and Cindy, they, they had this house in Walnut Creek, and they were content and thankful to live in that house, and they were living there faithfully. And yet, God says, now's the time I'm going to give you a new home. And where am I going to give you this new home? In San Ramon. You're now going to be residents of San Ramon, where the church is located. That's always been, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, say, hasn't that always been your heart's desire? And she didn't go out about it and do it on her own. Or Vince and Cindy says, let's, let's move, let's do this, let's do that. They waited and it was in God's perfect timing. Just like a fruit that's perfectly ripe and falls off in your hand, it's there, it's ready. And now God has given them that home. And we can thank God that when we walk by faith and obey him, he always gives us the best. And when God blessed Abraham in the chap 12th chapter, of Genesis in verses 1 to 4, he tells them that I'm going to bless you and you're going to be blessed and you're going to be, through your seed, you're going to have all these blessings and it's going to be so tremendous. Just follow me. Come on, Abraham. Follow me. I'm going to take you to the promise and I'm going to take you there and I'm going to care for you all along the way. You know, God enjoys the fact that we spend time with him, doesn't he? He loves it when we spend time praying and reading his word and have a sincerity to draw near to him. He loves it. The story is told of a grandfather, and we have a lot of grandfathers in this room, and I remember before Adel was a grandfather and before Mike was a grandfather and Bill and everything, and now you see the love that they have for these grandchildren. It's unbelievable, right? You, you even notice it's, it's different even than you're loving your own kids. It's that special bond with the grandson. Well, there was a grandpa that came and visited his grandson. He says, Billy, come and go with me. The boy hesitated and first asked where his grandfather was going. The granddad left in silence without answering and did not return for more than three hours. The young grandson was confused as to why his grandfather said nothing on the way out the door. Billy said when his grandfather returned, Granddad, why did you leave without me? After a moment of silence, his grandfather replied, Because you asked me where I was going. If you really wanted to go and be with me, it does not matter where I'm going. And so it is with our faith in our Heavenly Father. It shouldn't matter where he's going. We want to go with him. And where he's going is going to take us eventually to glory in heaven. But that path that we're on right now is going to have some bumps in it. It's going to have some bruises in it. It's going to have some hard times in it. But he's going to take us by the hand and he's going to carry us all the way through by his plan. And he delights us to follow him. We sang at the breaking of bread this morning, just a closer walk with ye. Granted, Jesus is my plea, daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be. He loves it. May the Lord give us that faith to go wherever he goes and to do what he wants us to do. The Father will lead us. He will guide us. And I love the analogy in the scriptures of the fact that he's the shepherd and we're the sheep. It's not a very flattering thing to be a sheep, but we're a sheep in his pasture. It is a flattering thing because he's the good shepherd. And David wrote in Psalm 23, verses 1 to 3, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
And that's what he does. And sometimes that path of righteousness has some tough times and some storms on it, like I mentioned. But the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. That's the key to it. We walk by faith, not by sight. Sometimes when adversity comes into my life, I always think, okay, Lord, this is where my faith is going to get tested. This is where my faith is going to get tested, and it does. And God wants our faith to be tested, and he wants it to be proven. He wants it to be proven that it's a, a true faith in him. The question for us is, where does God want to take you? Where does he want to take me? Are we willing to obey him and follow him no matter where it is, no matter what he allows in our life? Or if we got comfortable living in Haran and we're afraid to leave it and go to Canaan, to the promise. Sometimes we get comfortable in our comfort zone and God has to deal with us. May the Lord help us to go out in faith. And not to have any regrets either. So many times people look back in life, oh, I regret, I should have done this, I should have done that, I should have done the other thing. When we're Christians, we have no regrets because we see God's perfect will working through our life and circumstances. And we're the people God has made us into because of our experiences and trials and because of the faith that he's built up. You know, I think the disciples were very right when they asked for faith because they came to the Lord and they said, Lord, increase our faith. And I think every believer here today would agree with me. We need more faith. We need more faith because this world is getting darker. It's getting more evil. It's getting more wicked. Things are happening at such a rapid rate. Problems are coming up and things that are going on. And we need faith in him to just Step out and walk with him every day. So that's the first thing this morning. Abraham obeyed God and went out not knowing where he was going, but knowing who he was going with. That's the key. He knew who he was going with was the God of the universe. Secondly, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. And that's the portion we read in Hebrews 11 and verses 19, 17 to 19. And it's so true because... He dwelt in tents. Now, have you ever been on a camping trip and you've gone on the camping trip and you're going to sleep in the tent? And what's the first thing happens? It probably rains, right? Gets a little bit on the uh, muddy side. It gets a little bit on the cold side. It gets a little bit on the hard side. And you, you live in the tent. But I have good news for you. Your camping trip is not going to last forever, right? You're going for the weekend or you're going for a week. Maybe a couple weeks on a, on a trip and you're going to live in a tent. You have a home to go back to, right? Abraham left that comfortable home and he went to live in tents. Now, how many of us would choose that ourselves, right? I like my house. I mean, this is a nice house. God's given it to me, right? He gave that to Abraham, but he says, I want you to follow me and you're going to live in tents along with Isaac and Jacob. They were the patriarchs. They were the ones who walked by faith. They were the ones who, who blazed the path for us in faith. And it's so encouraging. And it says in, in the verse 9 of this chapter that Abraham, he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He says, I'm leaving the house in Haran. I'm going out to live in a tent, but I've got a mansion waiting for me in glory. I'm waiting for the city. And it doesn't say he's waiting for a city. It says he's waiting for the city, the heavenly city. 
that new Jerusalem we're going to be into one day that the Bible describes and gives us a little glimpse of, gives us a little foretaste of what it's going to be like, is going to be so far greater than the greatest mansions of this world because it's going to be what God has prepared for us. Jesus Christ says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And that's what we want to be. We want to be like Billy. Billy and his grandpa. I want to go with grandpa next time when grandpa said, Billy, you want to come? Yes. He's not going to ask where you're going to go because he knows wherever grandpa takes me is going to be a good place for me. And we should never ask, Lord, because wherever the Lord takes us is going to be right for us. It's going to be a perfect fit. The Lord probably knew that Dave and Amber were going to make that move to a new home. Vince and Cindy are going to move to a new home. We're going to take, we don't know the jobs that might be out there that we're going to change or the different circumstances of life, but he knows, and he gives us the faith to keep going. And he wants us to be thankful, and he wants us to be content, but he wants us to have that longing for heaven too. We shouldn't be too comfortable here on this earth because it's really an uncomfortable place. It tells us in the scriptures that we're strangers in this world. We're pilgrims in this world. We're aliens in this world. We don't fit in. It's amazing. If you look at what the world believes today, their value system, their belief system, it's completely opposite of what we believe from the scriptures. And that's why when our kids go off to school and they teach them things, they're saying, no, wait a minute, that's not what I learned. And that's where their faith has to grow up because they've learned it, they've been taught it at home, they've been taught it by their parents and at church, and now they're going to go to high school or college and they're going to stand on their two feet of faith and they're going to walk with God and they're going to listen to what that professor has to say and they're going to take it with a grain of salt and they're going to say, I know what he's saying is not right. That attitude that he is espousing against Christianity, against Christ, against morality and righteousness and all the things that people talk about today, they know it's not right because they've, they've learned it. We've got the foundation. But praise be to God, he wants us to have the faith to go forward. And Abraham was always having a forward-looking faith, too. He didn't go backwards. He went forward in his faith. And he lived a life of faith. Now, his faith was not always perfect. There was a time in his life where he, he, there was a famine and he went down to Egypt. And Egypt is a symbol of this world. He didn't do well there. And of course, he told the people there, Sarah's my sister. Well, she was really his wife, but she was also really his half-sister. So he was lying, but it was a, kind of a, a half-lie in a sense. But it wasn't right. And he got rebuked for it in Egypt, and then he did it later on, too, another time. But you see, God looks at our faith, and he knows we're not perfect in our faith, but he's growing it. He's developing it. He's testing it and proving it in such a way that we can be a blessing. And when we do go on this journey of faith, and our faith does grow, we share it with others, and it is a blessing indeed. One thing that was really, you have to see that God does have a great sense of humor because he records the very incident there where when God told Abraham, no, Abraham, Ishmael's not going to be the promised son. I'm going to give you another son. He's going to be Isaac, you know, the promised one, from your own body. You and Sarah together, you at 100 and Sarah at 90. Well, he, he fell down laughing. It says right in the scripture, he fell down laughing. 
And it reminds us that how many times when God shows us some miracle he's going to do for us, some great thing he's going to do, sometimes we say it's impossible, it can't be done, there's no way it can happen. But it can happen because God's a God of the impossible. And of course, Sarah was a little bit more discreet about how she felt because when the angel came and, she, and Abraham was there with the angel and, and she was in the tent, it said she laughed in her heart. But the Lord, who was there, he heard her laugh. He heard that laughter of her heart. And so many times we can laugh. And it's so amazing. What did they name their son? Isaac? His name means laughter. So it shows my faith may not have been as strong right then, but God gave me, me the blessing and did great things in our lives. His faith was really tested also when Lot, his nephew, was taken captive along with all the people in Sodom. And Abraham was so concerned for his son because these four tremendous kings, great kings, powerful kings with all their army, they swept in and they fought these other kings. They were fought five other kings. And then they, were, they took them prisoner and Lot was included. And so Abraham, not a military man, right? Didn't have soldiers under him or anything like that. But he had 318, it says, trained servants in his household, trained servants. He gathered them together, and they went out and fought with four powerful armies, and they defeated them. How did they do it? They did it by faith in the God who defeated those armies, and they conquered every single one of them. That was faith. Abraham's faith started to grow, and as it started to grow and develop, it was proven, and it was, it was tested, and it was proven to that point where he could see that God is, is the true God, the only God. All these other gods are false gods. They're idols. They're works of men's hands, gold and silver and all of these things. But the true living God is powerful. And that's why we can say faith is the victory. And so someone once said, no man has ever tested the resources of God until he tries the human impossibility. And that is so true. Because it's so easy for us to just go along in life, and the Lord does the things for us. But when we come to something huge, something really big, and we see how, how our God can do it, and it's impossible. And when he does it, we're so thankful, and we know it's not us. We didn't do it. He did it. He's the one who has the power to do that in our lives. And then finally, we look at the final fact here, he offered up Isaac, concluding God was able to raise him up. Now, this was huge. Now, just think about this for a second. Abraham lived back in the days of Genesis. He didn't have even the Old Testament to rely on, did he? He didn't have the New Testament to, to rely on either, to see how everything worked together and to see the final victory and all the things that we see. All he had was the revealed word of God to him at that point in time. To walk by faith, to walk with God, to obey God. That's what he had. And yet, he was willing when God asked him to offer up his son, he went without murmuring, without complaining. We don't see any record of that. We don't see any questioning of the Lord and say, well, Lord, are you sure? You gave me this son. You promised me this son. You said that through Isaac... My seed is going to be blessed all of the, through the earth. He didn't question it. But this now is the greatest test of Abraham's faith that he went through, and it's found in the 22nd chapter of Genesis. You kids that are in school, 
You know, when you're in school, you have midterms, right? You study for them, you take the midterm, and usually the professor at the beginning of the class, you can agree how they usually do it, I'm sure they probably still do it this way, they say the midterm's gonna count a certain percentage, right, of your grade, each midterm. You're gonna have two midterms or whatever it is, they're gonna count a certain percentage, but you know the final, when the final comes, that counts the most, and you gotta pass the final. You can do all the tests, the midterms, the. Uh, along the way, you can study, you can do it, but if you don't pass the final, you're not going to pass the class. And this is the final for Abraham, and he aced the final. And it's amazing because God had tested his faith, tested it, tested it, tested it, used these circumstances in his life until this point now where his faith is going to rise up like they say, cream rises to the top. And now he's going to face the greatest test of his faith that you could ever test. And if you're a father or a mother, and you can imagine God asking you to take your child, not one of your children, your only child, that's your only child that you have, the one that you love so much, and offer him up as a sacrifice, what would you do? You'd say, I could never do it. But God gave him the grace because he gave him that faith that faith. And he knew that because Abraham was going to exercise that faith in the 22nd chapter, that it was going to encourage somebody in 2016 who was going to face something very difficult. If Abraham could face that kind of a circumstance and, and do that, I can go through whatever it is I'm going through. He gives us the grace. He gives us the faith to believe him. And it's amazing that God gives that grace. And when they're going up the mountain, there the servants were, and Moses says to the, I mean, Abraham says to the servants, he says, wait here until I and the lad return to you. And they did return. And then he said to, to Isaac, Isaac asked, my father, we've got the wood for the, for the burnt offering, we've got the fire, we've got everything prepared, but where's the lamb? He says, my son, God himself will prepare the lamb. The lamb, and he's, of course, pointing to Calvary. He's pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ, but he's also pointing to the fact that God will provide. And so he knew that he would provide, but he went through it. He went right up till that point where he was about to plunge the knife into the heart of his son, and the Lord says, Abraham, Abraham, and he didn't say it softly. Now I know that you fear God. Do no harm to the lad. And then he showed him there was a ram caught in the thicket. Bring that ram and sacrifice that ram instead of your son. And he spared Abraham that pain of losing his son, but he didn't spare himself losing his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, at the cross. He sacrificed him for us so that we can put our faith in him and have eternal life. But he, he spared Abraham from going through that. He tested Abraham. He tested him to the maximum. And his faith stood strong. Praise be to God. You know, if you build your house on a solid foundation and it's built within the codes, right, and the earthquake safety and all of that, when the earthquake comes, it can withstand it. But if your house is built on a bad foundation, when the earthquake comes, it's going to fall. It's going to fall. That's why you see in so many of these third world countries that these homes they're, they're living in, they get destroyed because they're not strongly built. Thank God for the house that we have a faith that stands the test of time, that stands everything that we go through. 
Someone said, trust God without any terms. Don't put any terms on it. Just trust God. Adel mentioned in one of his messages recently for the new year, Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6. And that is my, one of my favorite portions. I mean, if I could just have one, this would be pretty powerful. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That's so encouraging because when we trust God, he directs our path. And all we have to do is acknowledge him and put him first, and he'll keep us on the right track every day. To summarize this morning, and we want to let people out as early as possible, because there's a little thing going on this afternoon at 3.30. It's called the Super Bowl. And so we want to give time for those who would like to, to see the Super Bowl. Now, not everybody likes football, so go and enjoy it. If you like shopping, believe me, today's the day to go, because the stores will be empty, and the lady on the radio was saying up in the mountains, go skiing because the ski slopes will be empty and people are watching the game and it, by the millions and throughout the world. It's amazing. But may God, seriously, may God help us to have the kind of faith that Abraham had. That's why he's known for his faith. It's called the faith of Abraham. Many other people in the Bible had faith, but Abraham had that faith that God produced and developed. It was tested and it was proven it was real and it was genuine. He didn't fake it. It was from his heart. And may God give us that kind of faith that steps out and says, okay, Lord, I don't understand it. doesn't make sense. I've never done it this way before. I don't even know how to do this, but I'm going to step out in faith and do what you want me to do. And when we do that, he gives us the grace and we say, wow, Lord, you did it. You did that. You helped me through that. And he dwelt in a land of, of promise. And we're living in the land of promise too, even though we're living in a foreign land because the promise is to be with him in heaven. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to be in heaven. But if you don't yet know him as your Lord and Savior, you have to make that decision of faith. And it's a personal decision that you have to make. I can't make it for you. You can't make it for me. Husbands can't make it for wives or wives for husbands. Fathers can't make it for, or mothers can't make it for their children and vice versa. We have to make a decision. And if you say, well, yeah, I'll, I'll make that decision. I, I'm not quite ready yet. <clears throat> What's going to make you ready? What's going to make you ready? You have to be ready because if the Lord comes today and you've made that decision to push it off and postpone that decision, it may be too late. May the Lord help us to put our faith in Christ and believe in Him as our Lord and Savior right now while we're thinking about it. Right now while the Holy Spirit is nudging us and prodding us and convicting us, get saved now. Don't say, maybe I'll go home, I'll get down on my knees then, I'll pray about it. How many people have done that and never made it home? We need to be saved right now. We need to, to long for heaven too because this world is getting worse and worse. And we need to thank God that, that Abraham's faith rose to the top. In the 22nd chapter, his faith was tested and proven. And may the Lord test our faith. So many times, you know, they say, well, if you pray for faith, God's going to give you circumstances that are going to develop that faith. Like if you pray for patience, he's going to give circumstances that are going to test that patience and grow that patience. And so, Lord willing... In the next couple messages that I have, I want to speak on two other characters from the Bible. Solomon, 
and the wisdom of Solomon, and Job, the patience of Job. So if you take these three men together, you have Abraham, who was Abraham, the faith of Abraham. You have Solomon, the wisdom of Solomon, and Job, the patience of Job. Do we need those things today? We really do. Faith, wisdom, and patience. They're needed today, maybe more than ever before. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you today for your wonderful love. We thank you for providing salvation to us as a free gift through Christ who died on the cross for us. We pray if there's anyone here today that has not yet made that decision, that they will decide to accept you, Lord Jesus, as Lord and Savior and be born again. We just pray that they would do that now. Now is the day of salvation. And we pray for those who know the Lord here today, Lord. Help us to have more faith, a stronger faith, a growing faith. Help us to go through the circumstances of life and all the adversity, Lord, and just to trust you through it and to know that in the end you're going to build us up to have that kind of faith like Abraham, the faith of Abraham, Lord. And so we just commit this time to you. We pray you'll guide us through the rest of this day and the week to come and just give us your grace on the pathway that we walk. Help us to walk by faith, Lord, and not by sight. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.